Thanks for listening to audio from North Monroe. To learn more about who we are, visit northmonroe.com or download the North Monroe app in the App Store or on Google Play. Now, here's this week's message. Hi, thank you, Blake. Praise team. Great job again. Uh, If you're, just so you know, Blake Davis does a wonderful imitation of Elvis. He came and performed at our Senior Adult Banquet Thursday, and they'll never be the same again. So, thank you, Blake. Hey, thanks for letting me be here in the pulpit today. Pastor Bill and Amy and Joey and Laura Young are in Africa today. Uh, They were in Uganda. I think they got to Kenya maybe yesterday. Be back here in Monroe Friday sometime. But just continue to pray for them. They're tired, but they're having a great time teaching, and we're appreciative of their being over there. Uh, go to Psalm 46 if you got the Bible. Now, let me just say, we have PowerPoints for me today, which is unusual, but no sermon notes, so you're on your own. But uh, And you're going to get out a little early, so get over that too. I just, just want to get all that out of the way so people don't make fun of me. Psalm 46. It's a great psalm for us today. I don't know about you guys, but this last week as I read about the earthquake in Turkey, and I got thinking it was like 11,000 or more people killed. Can you imagine the number of people who are affected from that family who did survive? You talk about something shaking you. That did. Well, then yesterday we gathered in this room, Stephen Kersey, our student minister, and myself, we led the service for the 17-year-old young man who was killed this last week. This, this section here was full of high school students. There was a family sitting here. Hey, their world was shaking this week. You know, and as I told the mom and dad, Nikki and Tim, I said, look, I, I, I cannot imagine the depth of your pain as a parent. Some of you have been there. You know what I'm talking about. But I, I don't know how to relate to that. But what I do know is our world was shaking this last week. But I also know this, that some of you sitting in here today, your world is shaken. There's things going on. I don't know about it. Sometimes I do, but most time I don't. And you're struggling. And let me say this, all of us are either going to have times that our world is shaken, it's happened, or it's going to happen. And it may happen multiple times. So I want to give you some encouragement today out of Psalms 46. In this chapter, really, if you look at this chapter, the thought is that King Hezekiah, I know you don't know who that is, but he was king of Israel. King Hezekiah wrote this when Jerusalem was under attack. He probably most likely wrote 46, 47, 48 of of Psalms. And so he's relating to his world was under attack. And some of you know how that feels. So he wrote this. Let me just read it to you and I'll come back and give you a couple of thoughts. It says, God is our refuge and strength, our very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, there is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations making an uproar, the kingdoms totter. He raised his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come and behold the works of the Lord who has wrought desolation in the earth. He makes wars to cease 
to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Look, if you're struggling, this is a great psalm for you to read at night before you go to bed and say, Lord, would you just give me a good night's rest? It's a great psalm for you to read in the morning as you face whatever struggle it is for that day. I think this speaks to us. I want to give you a couple of things. Number one, I want to talk first about of God's presence, but I want to give you a quote first. It says this. And this is not original with me. That's why I say it's a quote. Safety does not consist in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. No place in the Bible will you find the theology that says you and I as born-again believers will never have struggles, never suffer, never have hurt. That's not in the Bible. But what the Bible is very clear about for you and I as born-again believers is that we will always have the presence of God. And you can bank on that. So that's why here, uh, safety is, is, isn't because there's no danger. Safety is because I'm in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. You that know me well know that I'm a super big scaredy cat. I do not like the dark. Um, when Donna Claire's gone, I've got the lights on in the whole house. I've got the security system on. I keep the TV on. I do not like being by myself. If you've taken me hunting, well, there's a couple of you in here who have, you know that I don't step out of that deer stand until the four wheelers right at my doorstep. I don't like that. And that's so stupid, isn't it? Because the presence of God is with me. But that's the way I am. Not so much in my spiritual life, but there are times that I've been fearful, times that I've worried, times that I've fretted when I didn't need to. So look what the psalmist says in verse 1 about God's presence. Number one, he said, he is our refuge. Refuge. That's a place where you can go and hide, a place that you can be covered. Look at Psalms 34, 8, if you will, real quick. I think we got PowerPoints for that. Look at that. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then look at that last part. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord. And, and let me say this in this group today. I don't assume that everybody in this room knows Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you've never asked Christ in your life, these things that I'm saying to you are not going to work in your life until you take that step and say, hey, I'm a sinner. I know Christ died for my sins, and I ask him to come and live in my life. That's why he said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because you guys know, once you've experienced the loving grace of Jesus Christ, it is a great feeling. And man, isn't it wonderful that we can take refuge in him and we can hide in him? So let me ask you, how is your personal relationship with Christ? And if it's there, why don't you take refuge? See, that's why in Psalms 23, David wrote, as a shepherd, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Isn't it good to know that we have somebody called the Lord who we can trust who will walk alongside with us and take over when we can't control the situation. His presence never leaves you. He is always with us. But then look at the second part of, of verse 1. And our strength. Have you ever been at a time when you're emotionally, physically, and spiritually wore out? Life has been tough. Isn't it good to know that God says, I can be your strength? 
Look at Isaiah 40, verse 31. It's a verse you know well. Yet those who wait for the Lord, and there's a key to that verse. You got to wait on the Lord. Men, most of us want to be in charge of the remote control, and we want to be in charge and do it at our way. Look, if you're going to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got to take a step back and let him be the boss of your relationship. Those who wait on the Lord, what? Will gain new strength. Strength that you don't know that you have. Strength that you didn't know could take place in your life. And it's strength for whatever you need. What I need today is not what you need. And what you need may not be what that person needs. It's new strength for us. And he says, they will mount up wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary or tired. And they will walk and not become weary. Man, there is great strength in our relationship with Jesus Christ. But let me ask you, are you calling on this strength? Or are you trying to do it yourself? Man, in this psalm, it says that God's the one that can take care of us. But look at the third thing in here. It says in verse 1, a very present help in time of trouble. Very present. I love that word, very present. It means it is right now. I do not have to wait on his help. It's right here. And in trouble. And that word trouble means a tight place. You ever feel like you're in a vice and life is creeping in on you and you just cannot handle the pressure? He's our help in trouble. Very present help. That's what that means. In the midst of when you're being squeezed from all around, he's your help. But I want to ask you, do you call on him to take care of you? Do you ask him to? The Lord is always with us. And let me remind you, the Lord is greater than any trouble or problem you and I will face. The question is, will you trust him? But then there's God's peace. Look at verse 2. Therefore, because of the fact that God is our refuge, because he's our strength, he is our very present help. Therefore, because of that, we will not fear. There's no fear when the circumstances change. And our circumstances will always change in our life. The things that you and I enjoy today, we may not enjoy that tomorrow. The things of the past, we may never have that. The circumstances change. Troubles come. Some of you in this room have teenagers in your family, and you're wondering, will they ever grow up? Yeah, they will. Trust me. They'll sort of. They do. Some of you are dealing with a marriage. that It's tough. It's not the same as it was a year ago. Some of you are dealing with aged parents. Some of you are dealing with jobs that are tough. Let me tell you, the circumstance may change, but God does not. And so look, 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 look what the, the author said here. He goes on to say, therefore, we'll not fear. What? Though the earth should change. And let me just put my translation on that. Though the world you and I live in change. Now that's my translation, my paraphrase. It's not in the Bible. This is Warren speaking. So let me say to you, the world you and I live in today is changing so rapidly. The culture, the morals. You know what? Even though that's changing, God's not changed. Uh, and let me give you a verse. Go to Psalm 71, 7, because let me just say this to you. There it is. I, have become, I love this verse. I have become a marvel to many. Why? For you are my strong refuge. You want to have a great Christian testimony? 
and you want people to marvel at your ability to, to, to deal with the circumstance you're in, make sure that you're trusting in God's peace, you're trusting in his strength and his presence. People will marvel and say, how did they, how did she, how did he get through that experience? It's because you, you understand God's peace. You understand that, that God protects us. And so here he lists, he said, though the earth should change, Verse two, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, therefore we will not fear, though everything around us changes. Let me give you this. God does not pr protect us to pamper us. Look, folks, God's not here to baby you along in this walk of life. He's not here to pamper you, but rather he shelters us so that what? He can strengthen us through life with its duties and its dangers. That's why people can marvel at what, how you did. The idea is not to protect you from danger. The idea is to give you the ability and the peace to walk through it. It all comes back to this question. Will you trust in the one that can do that? Or are you just on your own? So there's no fear during all this time that the earth is changing, the world's changing. But then look at verse 4. Then he says, there is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. I think he's looking towards heaven. And I want to say this to you. There's nothing wrong with you and I looking forward to the day that God calls us home. Now, I'm 68 years old. I got a lot less days ahead of me than I have behind me. Some of you in your 20s. You got a lot more time ahead of you. But let me, let me remind you, there's no guarantee that any of us are going to walk out of this building alive today. And so let me ask you something. Are you trusting in God and looking forward to heaven? If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to because your options aren't really good. I'm just going to tell you that for eternity. Look at Psalms chapter 1. And I want to read, the, I didn't put it on the PowerPoints, but Psalms chapter one, look what the psalmist wrote. He said, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight, listen to this, his delight, this should be your delight, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. So let me ask you, I think I say this every time I preach to you guys. Have you been in God's word this week? Do you take delight in reading God's word? How are you going to know God's peace if you don't know what God's told you? But then look at verse 3 of Psalms 1. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water. How firm are you in your life? When things come along, are you so shaken? shaken so shook up, let's use that, that you don't know what to do? Man, you want to be like a tree that's firmly planted, planted in the Word of God, planted in your relationship with Jesus Christ, that no matter what happens, you're not shook up. You're not thrown to the side. And then look at verse 7 right here, talking about God, God's peace. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Let me remind you, God knows everything about you. 
He knows all of your shortcomings. He knows all of your sin. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows your thoughts. He's with us always. But fortunately, he's a forgiving God, gracious God. And he says, in spite of who I am, he's with me always. That is why you can have God's peace in the middle of a storm. So how are you doing there? Now look at verse 8, chapter 46. One last thing here. God's promises. And I'm going to say this. If you're not reading God's word, word, how can you claim God's promises? And the Bible is full of them. Look what he says. Come and behold the works of the Lord who has wrought desolation in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots for fire. The same God that took care of King Hezekiah is the same God who can take care of you, whatever's happening. It's a promise for you. Um, look, look at the Romans 8.28. You should know this one. For we know that all things work together for the good of those who call according to the purpose of God. Even in your toughest times, God is faithful. Even when your world is shaking, when it's teetering and you don't know what's going to happen, we know that God's at work. Can you trust him? Let me tell you this. When the most stable thing, what is the most stable thing in your life? You just think about it, whether it's your relationship with somebody, your job, your material things, when the most stable thing that you have becomes unstable, who are you going to trust? Let me tell you, you can trust in God because he doesn't change. And you can trust his promise that I will always be with you. I want you to look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1, uh, because there's a promise for you. Therefore, Paul's writing, he said, therefore, having been justified by faith, look at this, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is a promise for you, that you can have God's peace no matter what happens in your life, no matter the crisis that you're in the middle of, no matter where you're struggling. God's working in your life. I love what Spurgeon said, and he's talking, I think, about these verses here, 8, 9, and 10, when he says that the destroyers, he being God, destroys The things that are tearing at your life, the things that are causing you anguish, the things that are causing you pain, God can destroy those things if you'll just trust him. I didn't put this on the PowerPoints, but I love in Mark chapter 4, about verse 35 through 41, I think it is. It's a great story about Jesus. and This is a story when he got in the boat with the disciples to go to the other side, and this huge storm came up. Two things about that when you read that passage, if you go back and look at it later, number one, it says other, other boats were with them. It wasn't the only boat. Let me tell you, there are other people in the storm around you. The disciples were in this storm, but there are other boats there. And the second thing I love about that passage, it says about Jesus, and they took him as he was, or as he were, whichever is correct grammar-wise. You know, I'm really good on the King's English. But they took Jesus just as he was. Let me ask you, do you take Jesus into the boat of your life just as he is to be your Lord and Savior, to be boss of everything you do, and that you can trust him and have his peace? 
But what's interesting about that passage, if you read it all the way through, the disciples go down in the boat. They said, Jesus, we're perishing. We're going to drown. Don't you even care about us? Jesus woke up. He went up. And what did he do? He commanded the storm to be calm. And the sea got calm. But what's interesting, he finishes out kind of chiding the disciples saying, hey, fellas, uh, what are you so afraid of? What's interesting in that story to me, it took less effort for Jesus to calm the storm than it did for him to calm his disciples. Let me ask you, in the midst of your storm, you know, God's got an easier time taking care of the storm than you. If that's true, maybe you need to experience the peace of God, you know, Philippians says what? In the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. People aren't going to understand that. But God's peace. And so that's what the author here is talking about. And then come on down, and he says this in verse 10. Cease striving. Your translation may say, be still. That's very hard for me to do. I don't like to be still. I like, you know, I mean... I want to be doing something all the time, it seems like. But it says, cease striving, which really, if you want to translate that better into my language, is take your hands off and relax. You know what? You're not in charge. At least you shouldn't be. As a a born-again believer, you're not in charge. You need to trust God. And his promise is, I can take you through this. So he says, cease striving in what? Know that I am God. I think the more that we come to understand the, the, the vastness of God and our relationship with him and how much he loves us each personally, suddenly we're going to say, man, God promises to take care of me and I can trust him in those promises. And then what does he say? I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Are you praising God and other people know you're praising God or are you just sitting around doing your own thing? It's not the way God operates. He wants our graciousness and our gratefulness. And then look at this last verse, 11. And the Lord of hosts is with us. It's a promise. God never leaves nor forsakes us. He's always with us. The question is, are you going to be in charge or he's going to be in charge? And the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is what? Our stronghold. You want to know how to survive life? Man, trust God. I want to close out. I told you about King Hezekiah at the front of this. If you go to 2 Chronicles, you know, I do that right now, but you go there. 2 Chronicles 32, 31, right in there. It's talking about this siege on, on Jerusalem. And in verse 24 of 2 Chronicles chapter 32, it says this, In those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill. And he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him and gave him a sign. But Hezekiah gave no return for the benefit he received. How many times have you called on God, and he's he's answered your prayer, he's given you grace for that experience, he's given you strength, and there's no return of thankfulness. There's no acknowledgement. That's what Hezekiah is doing here, because look what it says. He, there was, he gave no return for the benefit he received. Why? Because his heart was proud. Let me tell you something. God's word says that you and I need to humble ourselves before God and be his people, not with pride, 
but with humility. And so Hezekiah, because his heart was pride, was proud, therefore wrath came on him and on Judah and on Jerusalem. However, Hezekiah humbled the pride of his heart. This is in verse 26. Both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come on them in the days of Hezekiah. What I want to tell you in all that is, don't be so prideful that you can't call upon the Lord. Sometimes we need to humble ourselves and say, Lord, I, I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what to do. I don't know to hand, how to handle this. When Hezekiah bowed, uh, bowed his head, gave up his pride, God took care of him. Let's not be a prideful people. I love this quote. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. In these days, as you live in a world that's changing, your life is changing probably, never doubt in the middle of all this, God's presence. God is still on his throne. He's still our stronghold. And we can trust him. My question for you today is, are you trusting in yourself? Are you trusting the Lord Jesus Christ to be the one who takes care of you? You want to have your life unshakable? You want to have your life steady? Call on the name of the Lord, and he'll take care of you. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads. Uh, our invitation today is a little different. I want to give you just a few moments to silently pray where you're at. If you've never asked Christ in life, you might want to do that where you're at or come to our belong area on either end of the building here. We've got staff that would pray with you. Maybe there's something we could pray for you other than that. Maybe you're hurting so bad nobody's heard your pain and you'd like to share that with us. Well, maybe today, like Hezekiah, you need to just say, Lord, I need to humble myself. I, I've been so proud of how good I do. I'm not acknowledging you. But I want to give you just a few seconds to pray, and then I'll close this service with a word of prayer if I could. So just a few moments of silence. Father, you know each of our hearts. Man, you know, these folks like me, they're sinning their life still. Just seems to always creep up. And thank you for forgiveness. And Father, I thank you for your peace and your presence and the promise that you'll never leave us and never forsake us. I pray for each one of us in these, this room and those watching by online, Father, that the needs they have, they just give it to you, humble themselves and trust you. Thanks for loving us, Father. Thanks for never leaving us. But in your name that I do pray, amen. Our hope is that this message has encouraged you to seek Christ in your own life and make him known wherever you are. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.